0: Adventure <laughs> Shotgun Alfred is his most powerful form. Oh He's my like, gosh.
1: Excitement Piracy is healing. Mystery. It's Gary Frank's art drawing, Gary Frank's art. All of this in College, comics, and other strangeness.
0: I mean that being said, they are urukai. They're not orcs. I'm sorry. I have failed. I have failed my
1: orc racism from you. Honestly, I mean it's.
0: I didn't even think of urukai as a race. I thought of as a different species. But okay, I'll leave it to the master. Uh,
1: I don't know. Maybe after all, they are elves perfected. Yes, perfected at last. So uh, welcome everyone. Uh, I am Jacob. I am Nathan. And we finally killed Ben. I'm yep, he's busy. he's busy for the week. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Oh, sh- uh, wait, you mean the missile didn't work? Your missiles never work. I really need to stop buying them in bulk, don't I? Yes. Sam's Club missiles seem like a good a uh, good deal, but you really end up buying fifty missiles to do the job of one. Just get one good one from Target. But it's got Target in but- the name. <laughs> anyway, enough about Target and killing Ben. <laughs> yes. So Ben is dead as far as we are concerned. He's, He's dead, dead to, to me. If, if that helps. Uh, and fair enough, because we've got a lot to talk about, and we only need two of us. Uh, today we are looking at uh, Captain America, the New Deal, which is one of the more controversial Captain America stories. I'm not sure if there's been a more controversial uh Captain America story. Yeah, so, uh, the, the book, the book is written by, uh, John Ney Reber, and, uh, uh, illustrated by Cassidy, who you may know from Astonishing X-Men. I haven't personally read it, but obviously that's, that's like the book that launched, uh, you know, Joss Whedon, who eventually went on to direct the Avengers movie, and it's, uh. Yeah, you know, uh the book that helped launch Cassidy. But before that, uh there was this. It's a pretty short run and it makes a lot of very controversial decisions in very short amount of time.
0: Yeah. This was just like felt like this is the cut edition like the hey, somebody got a got into the studio and got Captain America's stuff and now he's running around doing different things and no one saw this
1: coming and I swear it's not canon. <laughs> Did it did it strike you as being uh, out of sorts, out of character for Cap at all? It, no, it struck me as
0: being maybe the most. In, it get, struck me as giving the best, or maybe not the best. Actually, maybe one of the clearest definitions of who Cap is in this universe. She's
1: definitely not the cinematic universe's Cap. I, I I tend to agree with that, but we'll we'll get into it more because th- this book. I'm just going to say this straight out. This book is problematic, I guess, for lack of a better term. It's There's so much I like about it, and then there's so many things that are just like, wait a minute. Is this really appropriate, I guess?
0: Uh, appropriate.
1: in this book is a tough question. This book
0: literally talks about some of the worst stuff since, I don't know, maybe Batman saying white slavery.
1: <laughs> Oof. Uh so i'm just I'm just gonna dive right in here. Uh, we just open with a uh, a monologue from from Captain America, and we we see uh, images inside a plane and it says, "It doesn't matter where you thought you were going that day. You're part of the bomb now." It flashes through a couple more images of terrorism. And the next thing you know, we have w- a one lone guy. Culling through the rubble of nine eleven, and that guy is Captain America. Discuss. <laughs> uh, how
0: does uh, how does it feel to become a part of the bomb? Like I don't have to address, I have to address this book as written about as poetry more so, or or like beautiful prose than an actual comic book. Where except for portions of dialogue, this is like, you could read it in verse, and it would be good enough without any images.
1: Yeah, for sure. Somebody panned the book as essentially being melodrama, and there's no denout. Uh, Cap waxes in a very poetic, Shakespearean way throughout the book. It does not stop. It's nonstop narration from Cap, and he's very... grandiose in the way he describes things. And I'll get to some other stuff later, but I would say the entire book is structured, bordering on being almost a fable in some ways. It's it's very much so. There's a lot of things on it that aren't entire entirely realistic. But I'm just thinking, to the premise here, we start out, the, the entire opening scene is cap he's not he's not in his uniform or anything he's just in his street clothes but you see the word rogers written on his arm and he's looking for bodies in the wreckage of 9-11 and there's the part of me that that opens up right away with just two completely conflicting emotions one is like dang you know if this guy really does represent america what a great way to essentially put him through the shredder and then the alternate emotion is wait a minute, this guy's a fictional character, and these, this was an actual horrible tragedy. So for me, at least, I, I'm immediately conflicted where it's like, I feel like this is a great moment. And yet also, it feels slightly inappropriate, you know, to, to put this, this completely fictional superhero into this, into the lives of these people who were actually harmed in this attack
0: that's fair honestly like he is a fictional character and they've made a, a i'm confused just how much of this is supposed to be fiction on how much of this is supposed to be cap breaks the through the fourth wall and is a part of our real world now yeah um and the fact that they went with like depicting 9-11 and and its aftermath and even a few uh, famous moments of 9-11 is kind of shocking and it really isn't fitting because it's like this—you don't, you're not supposed to talk about real stuff. It's a comic. Comics are not supposed to be real life. It's a, he's a superhero, even though they talk about that later. And super means not normal. And then, they're like, by the way, he lives in a normal world now. It's like you can't—I well, can't. I can't believe this.
1: For sure, that that's certainly a way of looking at it. Uh, but Marvel has normally rejected that. I mean, they had a catchphrase, I think, in the '70s, which was the world outside your window and they meant that because the heroes don't live in Gotham or Metropolis. They live in real cities and they try to tackle real issues. Uh, A cap, cap there's no there's no denying it. Cap was ooh, uh cap was created to kill Nazis. By two by two Jewish guys because, you know, Nazis were killing Jews. Like that's why he was created. The very first issue has him punching Hitler in the face. Like that, that he was always created to be I mean, I think I think it was Kirby who was talking and he was saying, you have in Hitler this larger than life villain. And all I wanted to do is create a larger than life hero to defeat him. And in a sense, this is keeping very in spirit with the idea of Captain America, putting him in this more horrible than we can possibly imagine situation and saying, hey, look, here's the literally best American that ever lived. So I'm not entirely against it but i feel like immediately i'm slightly conflicted by the direction i would say i mean, I feel like it would be completely say completely tone deaf to say stick superman in 9-11 you know a he could have stopped the whole thing b i don't even know if he knows where new york is okay like that would be completely tone deaf but for marvel it would be weird if they didn't address it and i feel like that's the catch-22 is like I feel like caught between should this story have been told a b should it have been told this way b and c could they have avoided it if they would wanted to because I feel like it would have been sweeping under the rug a lot the a tragedy that rocked b- millions of people that would should come up in their books and it just it just doesn't and obviously I I know that they tackled it in Amazing Spider Man I think that that particular idea was completely hackneyed. This Wait. feels a lot more grounded and real. They did what in the Amazing Spider-Man? They, 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 uh, in, in the Amazing Spider-Man number, I forget what number it was. Uh, it was during J. Michael Straczynski's run. They, uh, they tackled, uh, 9-11 and all pros. I don't remember book. that. It wasn't the movies. It was in the books.
0: Um, oh, I see. I was going to say, like, I do not
1: remember that in the movies, and I would I remember that. To to my comic books. It was with uh, it was J. Michael Straczynski was writing, and I think they ha- still had John Romita Jr. doing the art. And I-, I thought that was really just a sloppy way to tackle it. This feels a lot more grounded. It feels a lot more real. And I think that's the thing, is there is a reality to this. I, I think, I think that's how I would describe the book. There is an emotional reality to this there's something to be said for this is actually how Americans felt and actually what Americans wanted following this tragedy. Uh, But at the same time, it throws actual reality completely out the window for this emotional reality to the point where we have again, cap waxing in a very poetic uh, voice throughout. Like he's not talking like Chris Evans, for example, he's very much so larger than life. Uh, And I don't know if I dislike that or like that. I'm conflicted about it, is what I would say.
0: Same. I really just... It it doesn't feel right. But I also can't deny it. It's like, since he is supposed to deal with real issues, I suppose he had to show up to talk about this one and and to help with this one.
1: And a part of this is... I was, like, two when this happened. I mean, it's called College Comics and Other Strangeness. Like, I, I was not, I do not remember it. If I did, maybe I'd feel differently one way or the other. I just know about it from from hearsay, from history, you know. So may, maybe if, I, maybe if I, I actually talked to somebody who was closer to it, they'd feel strongly one way or the other. Like, yes, I feel like this validates my feelings during that time period. Or, or like, no, I feel like this is kind of humiliating. I don't know how they would feel, but I feel like they would probably feel one way or the other. Probably. I mean, I don't think we'll find many people in the middle of the ground on this comet. No, no, and, and the further you get, the more so. Uh, so Cap's culling through rubble. He's looking for, for bodies, looking for anything he can. Nick Fury shows up and basically says, hey, you know, like, I, I want you coming with me. I want you to, to do this this mission for me. Because, you know, during this time period, that's basically what Cap did. He did whatever Nick Fury told him. And Cap Cap slams Nick Fury into this rubble to the point where it just breaks rubble. And he, he says something to the effect of, look around. They need me. You know, you shut up and go home kind of thing. And so he does. Fury leaves. Uh, that's the end of that scene. Cap keeps keeps working. He thinks about how it was prior. Like he was just jogging that day, I guess. He wasn't in his Captain America uniform at all when everything went down. And then we we cut to a- after he's essentially done for the day. And he also mentions he's been doing this like three days without sleep. Like he's doing as much as he possibly can. And uh, he's headed home. And this is another, again, controversy just keep on coming. So he's walking home and he sees uh, a Middle Eastern man walking down the street. And he, he kind of passes a remark. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, he, he just he just says it's kind of late. Maybe you shouldn't be out by yourself. Imply, you know, implying like, hey, you know, like. Cap, Cap remembers how America reacted to literally all Japanese people after Pearl Harbor. Correct. And the guy blows it off and he's like, eh, you know, I, I live here, whatever, man, kind of thing. And sure enough, uh, some some guy does come at him with a knife. He just pulls a knife out of nowhere and comes after this Middle Eastern guy. Uh he he pulls out his like pocket knife, comes at him, lunges towards him, and the knife breaks, of course, on Captain America's shield. And it's not necessarily completely grounded in reality. This man what? Put on spandex and grabbed the shield? In like what? Half a second? They could have easily just put him in street clothes, but I think that they were looking for to give him more of that uh that symbolic look. Because I feel like they're not they're not shooting for a strictly realistic approach. Uh, and, uh, so the, the knife breaks on, on cap shield. He ends up cutting the, the guy's hand. And he, I love the look that Cassidy gives this guy. He just, he looks absolutely broken after he did it. Like, you know, he asked, he just says cap, you know, he's crying. Like he realizes, oh, I've, I just literally just did something completely racist. Cause I'm hurt, but I'm taking it off on people who have no nothing about how I feel. And and Cap doesn't even seem to hold it against him. You know, there he's like he's holding his the guy's hand, and you know, like watching. You know, as you know, as he's got a, looking at his wound. And even the 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 guy he attacked, the Middle Eastern kid, he, he looks back at him, you know, and and tries to console him for his loss. And that's where we, Cap, just sort of walks away after that. And I'm trying to find the actual quote here. He just he ends the, the thought with we share, we are the American dream. Um, uh, so again, a controversial sequence, but I actually feel like I might like this one almost better than the opening. Yeah. Maybe it's because they are all fake characters dealing with a real tragedy together. But it's like I, I like I don't know, there's just humanity to it in a lot of ways. It'd be so easy to pick a side on this. But I feel like Cap being the bigger person, the wiser person, realizes that there are no sides. This is all people acting irrationally because they're really upset, you know, and understandably.
0: I think it's a—he it, he addresses it well, honestly. People behave irrationally in ways that they didn't even realize were foolish simply because they're hurt, and they try to take it out on the thing that looks closest to their idea of what the enemy looks like. In this case, that's anyone who's Middle Eastern. Right. And Captain America handles that wisely in this case, not by saying you're a, you're a uh,
1: say attack attacking the the guy comes to it on his own, like oh wait a minute, this is completely horrible. I'm being as bad as you know as yeah. anything else. Cap recognized like that he this wasn't a lecturing opportunity.
0: This was a an opportunity for this. As soon as this guy had his knife broken, he immediately regretted what he'd done. And honestly, he might have regretted what he'd done had he hit his target. So Cap really did the right thing here by simply showing that this guy was close to uh, repentance anyway, so he didn't need to do anything.
1: Yeah. And and Cap Cap is a picture of Mercy throughout this book. Like, he's very much so. Mercy is a chief attribute that he, he carries with him, which I think is important considering... The type of foe he's facing off against, and just like that, I mean, one reviewer just straight up said, "Like, and that's where the book I like at, uh, ends, and the book I don't like begins." Uh, like, it, it just midway through this issue, everything changes. It is literally, it's a all black page, uh, a panel. that says some months later, and we cut to a completely different plot line. So I'm just gonna run through, like, so basically we cut to the the ultimate Midwestern town. It's like the ultimate little country Midwestern town, and literally bombs just parachute on it, and this little blonde-haired kid runs out and blows up. <laughs> so first of all, A, how do you feel about, from a narrative perspective, the several month gap? And B, I'm just going to say this, how do you feel about acts of terrorism being portrayed that never actually occurred like the war went to the middle east after this it did not come here so a part of me feels i don't know who's being disrespected but it feels slightly disrespectful to portray this all-out campaign on america's midwest that just never happened and it wasn't even close to happening
0: my my uh obje- I never thought of like what happened in the midwest as in this story as being terrorism related actually I mean, really? this this gets into the future chapters for example the cluster bombing and the mine laying I always figured that was America doing it to itself testing weapons on its own citizens or the like which i mean is is kind of hilariously unnecessary because historically America just tested their weapons on Panama um so they yeah. had no need to test it on the midwest. But I didn't even think of that as, as an act of terrorism. I thought that was just America terrorizing itself. So I never understood why. And that's one of my main things that confused me about the story. Is like, how on earth did we get an enemy aircraft into the Midwest? That makes no hecking sense. No. Literally no nation on the planet could fly in, into the Midwest unless we let them, period. There's no, there's no, there's no, no variation on this fact. So I, was, I didn't understand. I figured that had to be an American aircraft. Because exactly. there's no way you can fly crap over the United States, much less the Midwest.
1: And and they bring that up to how exactly do you fly over the Midwest and drop bombs on it in American airspace? And they just sort of shrug it off like eh, I don't know. It's a real mystery. And they never touch on it again. So I don't feel like they through all the way either. My thought was when they shrugged that off, that was that was Fury's way of saying that was us. Potentially, but, but we we see see immediately that the guys that they're fighting have nothing to do with Shield. I mean, they have something to do with Shield, but they're they're very obviously from the Middle East. You can just kind of tell by their garb and and even some of their dialogue. Like they, I, have to, I have to appreciate
0: that they uh they kept all terrorists very stereotypical for this. Like yeah, everyone yeah. is Middle Eastern. Almost everyone wears some type of turban. Or, or is a, a formal soldier, soldier, you're not supposed to feel bad about. So honestly, this kind of perpetuates the very stereotypes it set out to destroy. I feel like.
1: Yeah, well, and that—that's the question too. And a lot of people have gone back specifically, and I, I'm—I try to be as apolitical as possible on this channel. I don't like it when people get hyper political, but you kind of can't help but bring up. I feel like. I've read so many reviews that are like, this is the ultimate right-wing Bush propaganda. And then I've read people that said, this is the ultimate left-wing anti-America propaganda. And I can't tell if it's because it's trying to say something that neither political party seems to be understanding. Or it's just straight up can't make up its mind about the war in the Middle East, honestly. Uh, I'm more inclined to believe the former. But I, I could definitely see an argument being made for the latter where it just feels like the thing's oscillating and just can't... It's so it's like it's hell-bent on not offending anybody and as a result doesn't end up actually saying anything. Well, I mean, I got pretty... I found
0: this whole thing, like the whole comic, kind of disappointing slash depressing in a lot of ways because it keeps appealing to the American dream. Which is exactly that. It's its a dream. It's a fantasy. It's a myth. It doesn't exist. It never has. It never will. It's an impossibility. And it keeps saying, we are the American dream. We fight for the American dream. And we're like, this is why America is dying. Because we keep looking at dreams rather than reality. That's how I interpreted all this. This was a simple matter of, like, of, of Cap fighting for ideals that probably died a long time ago. And it's tragic because he's like even the writing is saying like the american dream must survive and i'm like the american dream is, has been dead a long time my friend you would need to get a defibrillator at this
1: point but 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 yet we do see cap triumph in some way i guess uh, and we'll get to that more as as we get to those scenes uh right now so we we've cut to cap on board up on a plane with nick fury he, he's headed to centerville i guess and Cap int- and Nick Fury introduces Cap to a new piece of technology. I guess you could call it the MacGuffin of this book. Uh, he calls it a cat tag. I guess it's like a dog tag, but it's supposed to monitor your vitals. We're gonna find out. Uh, it does not do that <laughs> at all. Uh, also, can we just appreciate the the all red and black art on board this helicopter with like Cap looking yeah. kind of menacing with those like completely blacked out eye sockets? Dang, I love this art. Uh, he l- takes a flying leap out of the the helicopter without a hel- parachute because why would he use a parachute? Uh, Heck yeah. Again, it's one of the coolest images of Captain America. I mean, I feel like everyone's probably seen that piece at some point or other. Cap just leaping out of the the helicopter in that in that pose. I know I'd seen it prior to this book, and it it just looks so cool. He lands and he breaks the ground when he lands. Uh, but he's kind of too late in some sense, at least the the town is already on fire. You know, broken bicycles are portrayed very much so. The, the 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 death of the American dream motif is highly strong with this imagery. Uh, so he's running around, he's looking for survivors, trying to figure out what even is happening. And there's this great moment where he's, he looks into a car to see, you know, if somebody needs help. And he realizes they're both dead. And I, I've got to say, when Cassidy draws Amer- Captain America being sad, he's really sad. Like, the dude looks shattered every time. Like, and I, I almost feel like it might be too much, but I kind of like it. Like, you get the sense that this really rocks Cap in a lot of ways. And then we get, like, just literally this whole page of Cap pulling his shield off his back. That's the end of the first issue. The next issue opens with literally a masked terrorist abducting a woman in her house. Uh, we'll see where that goes later, but it's it's pretty classic villainy i guess in that sense
0: i had to admit i really liked the uh this wait which page is this i'm getting oh yes now i see it i'm trying to follow along i really liked the this art honestly (laughs) where we at the beginning it is like the opening top panel chill the room is messy there's photos waking up newspaper yawn suddenly oh holy snap there's a guy in a bottle behind me and her one yeah. eye, we can see on cameras, is just the level of startled I'd hope for. Yeah. Uh, it's real startled. Like, that is that is what a person genuinely looks like when they're startled. It's not exaggerated. It's
1: That's just what it is. Yeah. And, and he, he catches facial expressions... Ooh, excuse me. He catches facial expressions really well. Like, I mentioned Cap earlier, but I feel like he gets everybody's expressions really well. He's very... Kinda of reminds me of Gary Frank in that sense. Very, very expressive in how he draws his characters. So, cutting from there, we have a a tr- mid- classic Midwestern church of uh, nondescript denomination, uh, <laughs> and it's Easter Sunday. It's a service, and all of a sudden, terrorists bust in. And put these wire bombs everywhere. So, like, if you move, it goes off and, and holds the entire middle, the entire, the entire church hostage. And he he like orders them all to pray. And it's it's very, it's very stereotypical villainy. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, they're they're terrorists. You know, like I I, I don't necessarily feel like you need to characterize them much more than that.
0: Uh, I, I was really confused why they held hostages at all. I understand that is effective for a lot of forms of terrorism, but it didn't seem like what they were going for.
1: Well, it, he, we get that in the next panel because we see Captain America and Nick Fury talking and Cap says, what does he want? Oh like, yeah, that's you, right. So the whole that's thing right. is to lure Captain America and they want Cap dead because he's literally a symbol of America. and he, They're going oh, to hold the whole dog on town hostage on, unless they they uh they get him essentially. Uh, we also see that the the woman they kidnapped is a news reporter, and they're essentially having her broadcast and narrate the entire thing. So Cap's still still in the uh in the the burning rubble of Centerville. He's running around, and we get these these great fight scenes in the rain of Cap. Like I really like these. You don't necessarily see Cap. I don't know. I mean, I guess you you do sometimes in the MCU, but this. He almost has a Batman edge to him where he's scaling buildings, the poses he's striking and just the absolute merciless brutality. Like I love at the very bottom of the pages don't have numbers, but it's such a good moment where he's kicking this guy in the face while simultaneously blocking his machine gun with his shield. Like the level of martial artist skill they give Cap in this book is kind of incredible.
0: I love this picture of at the bottom of one of these pages of Captain America, where his eyes are totally blacked out under his mask.
1: Yes, and th- I, he idea. says,
0: I am in a hurry. And I'm like, is that how is that how all of Cap's enemies see him? A faceless, eyeless nightmare of blue and white? Yeah, because like, I understand to us. He's like red, white and blue. He's got a big America A for America on his face. We even know who's under the mask. and to them, it doesn't. This one image, it's just oh my gosh, that
1: is horrible. Like he's just mm-hmm. looks like some type of scaled dragon. There's this this great moment where this they've got he's got this terrorist and he's holding on by a thread and uh, he's trying not to let him fall off the building and the, the guy you know he's like trying not to not trying not to let him fall. He's like, you know there's no 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 telling what you'd land on down there. The guy because he's a terrorist and. You know, he's kind of single-minded. He pulls out his, his gun, it says, Death is peace for me, hell for you. And immediately Cap grabs the gun, twists the guy's arm, and knocks the guy out without killing him. He's like, Not today, <laughs> with the lightning striking behind him. It looks like it literally looks like the cover to Dark Knight Returns, but with Captain America. And it's really good. Uh this whole fight is is really well done. Again, should it even be there? I'm not convinced but dang it, it's well done uh it we, is we we see uh we see the this great shot of the the gun sound effect going off in the background with the news reporter and she just looks at the camera and says he's here and it, it, there, there's a genuine me- pissed off menace to cap in this book i mean for obvious reasons yes uh, I, I love this image, he's completely blacked out in the rain, just holding this guy high above his head with one hand, and and he's just the whole time, he's narrating, and he's talking about how he doesn't like killing, but he's incredibly good at it. True that. Yeah. I have to
0: appreciate that the, even the grunt even the, the, uh, the, uh, that Captain America defeated, everyone has all these very dramatic lines. Um, uh, <laughs> The yeah. pieces to death is peace to me. Hell to you. We'll see a lot of themes of what death is to these grunts and what they believe it is versus what it is. Yeah. Um, and and, and as soon as he said that, like congrats now you, you're this is officially a holy war. Now This stopped yeah. being a, a, we are soldiers. We fight, we die. We don't like it, but we do it for our nations and more of a, I don't stinking care what happens to me. I'm going,
1: I'm going to take you down. Yeah. Well, and they play with that a little bit more with the cat tag idea. They do. They do. Another, another scene I really like is as he's narrating about, you know, like what it feels like essentially to, to kill all these boys. You see this great, this there's this close up on Cap and it says, you weren't a soldier. And then it flashes back to World War II and it's him. It's black and white. And that's how you know, you know, it's, it's the Second World War. And just the look of shock on his face where there's just some G.I. passing him. It's like, yeah, it, it's war, you know, whatever. And it, then it goes back to present says, until that day. And you see that Cap's experiences are definitely influencing how he's feeling and what he's doing now. And I I always like when they tie Cap back to his roots without being overkill. And I feel like this that scene does it really well. It's only two panels. It means a lot. Uh, eventually he finally makes it to the church. I, I love this shot of him running past the gravestones. Like That's just such a good... I feel like there's a lot of subtext in that shot, and it's really good. When all of a sudden he hears the word American behind him, and he turns to see, and I kid you not, it's literally four very obviously terrorist guys, but they all have mechanical limbs. And they the, none of them are speaking themselves they got little speakers talking and so all, it's all the same voice and it says i am el tariq i am hate these are my shepherds my children american and yours and that's where the the book ends and i feel like at that point i'm like maybe these, maybe this is a st-. every single time i read this book it's like maybe this is a bridge too far maybe this is a bridge too-. but i feel like this is really where i'm like oh maybe this is too far for you to take this weird comic book logic, sci-fi tech, and blend it with actual freaking terrorism, like the because I don't know, like the the terrorists in the war on terror would actually use child soldiers, so yep. to essentially make super villains out of them feels disingenuous to say the least. Oh, I I've I
0: thought the I assumed these these soldiers with the microphones on their chests were in fact children. I mean, we can't see much about them. I was assuming that they were literally children. They are, yeah. Okay, when he said, these are my children, I was like, that could be speaking metaphorically, and they could be adults, they could be his biological progeny, or they could just be, these are members of my organization that are children, that's the one I I took as true.
1: I, I don't know if they're biologically his at all, but they, they are children, and the idea is they had lost limbs in landmines, and they replaced them with cybernetics. Which I guess in this world where, you know, Iron Man literally flies around all day, like, yeah, I guess you would have that tech. It just feels a little disingenuous, I guess, to blend those worlds to that degree. I guess it feels like Cap can come into our world or we can come into his, but the two shouldn't mix almost. And I feel like that's, I don't know, it feels like a bridge too far. I, I keep coming back to that. It's just a little bit too much. It's not like it's the ultimate narrative sin. I mean, it
0: just much. Didn't bother me at all, actually. I thought child soldiers should was sort of been used more and should be used more in a, in a depictions of terrorism. Like I don't know why we try to whitewash terrorism as much as we do in our comics and media. No, no. I, I mean, I agree. And the fact agree the fact they that. only show up once here and they're poorly exec and they're, in my opinion, not very well executed, really stand out to me as like a wow. People don't understand how child soldiers are actually used. I mean, and that makes me happy that we can have that we can have innocence in this world. Um, that people don't have to know the horrors of the world. But at the same time, it's like if you don't use if you have a make up a supervillain who's going to use a real battle tactic, he should use it well. He should not use it poorly. And he uses the he uses child soldiers very poorly here, and which makes me happy because it means less people being hurt. But at the same time, it disappoints me because it's like, well, you're not doing it right. You're not doing these actual real life villains credit you're making the real life people feel like they're weak or perceiving them as less of a threat than the actual nightmare they are
1: well and, and but more than that like that's certainly a point and i think it's a, a good one but i would say this is moving us on to book three if you're following along uh more than that, I feel like it's it's not even like yeah, obviously like you know, it's not like they're using them as human shields or bombs or whatever. They have these cyber arms and they pull out these axes and knives. It feels so superhero-y, but there's nothing about a child soldier that's superhero y, I guess. I f- think it it f- like f- it's it's a bad mixture.
0: It didn't feel superhero to me at all. I felt really like real life, greedy that they pull out a bunch of stinking medieval melee weapons <laughs> to try to engage a superhero with a vibranium shield. To me, that struck me as a a terrible idea tactically, and b, I, um, it was just like a ah yes, these people are here for revenge, and so they're you're not with a good plan, but with a lot of emotion and medieval age melee weapons. Yeah, the fight scene is once again. Like well choreographed as well as I can tell for a comic.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, like, and the fact that good.
0: like half of this book has a giant orange flaming background it really tells
1: you something about it. For sure, and and I totally forgot about this. one of the kids tree blows himself up. I completely forgot about that. How could you forget about that? I, I don't know. I just remember all. I remember the axes and stuff, and I remember the last kid essentially saying, "You're you're not the enemy. You lied. They lied to us," and he stops. Which, again, it's like, I don't know if child soldiers necessarily get the choice to just stop being a terrorist.
0: Well, generally, in those situations, I've been told they're killed for do it for not. But else, uh, I found it kind of disingenuous to like, okay, I've been bred my entire life to believe that you're my enemy who probably killed my parents, assaulted me, and harmed others, as well as are the enemy of my god and religion. I'm going to change my mind because he did something that didn't make sense. I think he might have tried to protect me there, and therefore I'm going to drop my entire life's work, and my, literally my life's work. Like They intended to die for this. And then change my mind. It's just like, I I he wish it. it worked that way. And I've, I'm willing to forgive it for being a comic, but if this comic is trying to take itself so seriously, I feel like we shouldn't be cutting corners.
1: I, I, I agree. I, I, and But at the same time, you just don't necessarily want to see Cap kill four kids who don't know better necessarily.
0: I wouldn't um, mind overly much. If we're going to show Stinking nine eleven Aftermath and talk about one of the famous photos of someone jumping out of it, or two people jumping out of it, then uh, you know, I'm willing to go the whole hog here. I'm willing yeah. to actually look reality in the eye for in this comic, so I don't get why they would look away from some parts and not others. They're willing to literally... That's sh- a like,
1: really good point.
0: If I don't understand why you would censor some of these things and not others. Like, we have a kid blowing himself up. That's not a thing I ever wanted to say in this series, ever. And and that's like, okay, alright, we did that, but we're going to uh, have a sudden change of heart by one of them. And it's like, that's inspiring, but doesn't fit. I, I don't know if that's ever happened. I mean, maybe it has, and I'm just a pessimist or I haven't heard about it, but I'm not sure that has ever happened.
1: I, I, and I totally see what you're saying, and that's again, it's like what what are you necessarily trying to be here? Because if, if at one and you know, in one breath, it feels like you're almost criticizing you know America or whatever because of you know what landmines, and then the next breath, you're like America's the greatest thing ever, and I have seen the light and will not be a terrorist anymore. And it's like what what is this really necessarily? Uh... And I, it's not quite as bad as that, but it does It does feel like it can't quite make up its mind. And maybe it's because Cap can't quite make up his mind, but maybe it's giving it a bit too much credit. Um. So that at fight ends. The last kid is not willing to fight anymore. And Cap realizes that these kids are wearing these cat tags, the same tags that Fury tried to give him, which is why... It, Again, that kind of becomes the MacGuffin of the book. It's like, what what are these really, and why are my enemies wearing them as well as S.H.I.E.L.D. agents? The fight continues. Cap ends up uh, finding the guy that is holding everyone hostage in the church. There's this great moment of him just leaping into the fire, like swan diving off of the building. Yeah, that's that's
0: another piece of thing art where I'm just like... I really should be able to appreciate this more than I can but all I can say is the artist loves the color orange cuz everything, <laughs> everything, everything is orange everything is on fire all the smoke is glowing with fire or orangeness which is surprising cuz I don't I've never seen smoke do that in real life and but still it's a very interesting comic choice I don't fully understand or appreciate it.
1: and so we we he engages the guy he's uh, fighting him uh and eventually the the terrorist pulls out this remote i guess he's going to just blow up the church anyway and cap this this panel this panel generated a lot of controversy when this first book first dropped i mean obviously the whole thing did but this one particularly cap just punches the guy in the face and if you're looking you can see he, he turns the guy's head completely around like the guy's neck is completely decimated and he falls over deader than a doornail and so Uh-oh. we 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 see, so he just straight up punches this guy literally to death in one punch. And he then turns to the camera and makes the statement, you know, like, don't misinterpret this as America killing this guy. I killed this guy, and I wanted to, and my name is Steve Rogers. And, you know, which also, I'm not positive. I think they were still trying to do the secret identity thing with Cap at this point. So I think that may have been a bigger reveal then than it is now, because obviously nowadays, you know, Everyone knows Steve Rogers, the Captain. Yeah, America. it doesn't affect at all. Uh, but early two thousands, I think they were still trying to do the thing where Steve Rogers and Captain America were legally different people, and the government kind of wanted to keep it that way. So yeah, and also he does this on live TV too. Like not, not only the the killing of this guy, because obviously he had the news reporter and he was using her to film the whole thing. He also reveals his identity so everybody knows this now if they didn't know before <laughs> they know now uh his, the, his words to the camera camera are i need to say something to the people where i stand i don't see war i see hate i see men and women and children dying because hate is blind blind enough to hold a nation accountable for the actions of a man i can't be part of that after what i've seen today america didn't kill Al altariq I did, and that, that is at the line, I did, that he takes off his mask. Uh, <laughs> and uh, th- that's where we end. That is the end of, or, of Issue 3. That That's Issues 1 through 3 of this uh, this run. We're going to tackle Issues 4 through 6, uh, not next week, but the week following, and that's going to conclude our episode today. Uh, if you aren't subscribed to us, please do. If you haven't left us a glowing... Uh, review on whatever platform you like to listen to us again please do <laughs> unless you hate us in which case go away and don't say anything <laughs> um and also obviously this is a a controversial uh series with some real world implications your opinions may differ from ours uh that's fine these are only our opinions this is only our reading uh we haven't gotten to uh to rating this book obviously but i would encourage you to pick it up if you're a fan of the character and you haven't already uh normally we have three of us uh one of us is missing you can find information to find him uh in the rest of the interwebs in the description below otherwise you can find me at my blog adventures and graphics uh which will also be linked in the description below and uh you'll never find nathan ever (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, and uh, see you in two weeks.